0: a.k.a. Padders. Here we go. We're talking, we're talking enemy mind. This is, and I was just having this conversation, I was just having this conversation yesterday. This could be a top five science fiction movie of all time, depending on how you classify science fiction movies. I'm your host. This is a.k.a. Padders Audio Audacity Podcast. I'm Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Uh, across the the webs, across the interwebs, the social media. I'm also known as the Pop Culture Pope, Spicy Taco, versus Beef Sandwich, World Sketchbook Champion, the creator of Uzi Susie, The Wolfpack, and Charlie by Fire. These are all things you can learn about at akapad.com. That is my website. So. We're talking, we're still talking about Wolfgang Peterson. I had this big discussion with a very close friend of mine, this guy named John. Uh, I work with him. Uh, You know, we work at separate IT companies uh, on the same projects. Uh, He's now, like, you know, the last two years or so, he's been on our team. I literally love talking to this guy. So, we were, I was just explaining to him. And I'm going to do it to you because I open every single one of these Wolfgang Peterson episodes the same way. Why the fuck? I can curse, right? This is my show. I, I can curse. But why the fuck is no one concerned or upset or uh, just like thrown aback the back that we lost Wolfgang Peterson, the director of some of these movies that are um, staples in the genres that they exist in? Outbreak, arguably the greatest virus movie of all time. Air Force One, the greatest, your president as a action hero movie of all time. Troy, uh, it's there as one of the top uh, interpretations of Greek mythology ever. Poseidon, we're going to talk about that uh, in episode 485, one of the best remakes of all time. Das Boot, the greatest submarine movie. Never Ending Story, the greatest children's movie of all time. In the Line of Fire, maybe the best assassination movie of all time. One of the best gimmicks, the gun gimmick in that. I still talk about it. And we have this movie. And this movie is beautiful. Enemy Mine, 1985. This movie is so beautiful. And by the uh, let me explain. We're we're in 1985. We're spending 30 million dollars, which is it's it's there, it's a good budget. But this movie looks like and feels like it's 1985 from the opening frame. But we begin with the science fiction space dogfight. Two alien vessels crash land on on the world. We've already witnessed loss, meaning friends have died in the first couple minutes of this movie. And there's an anger, and Randy Quaid in a fantastic performance. Louis Gossett Jr. is our alien, by the way. But but we're thrown into exactly that. We're thrown into like this alien environment, this alien war. And it just begin, you know, like it begins and you have to stick with it. And this is a part of this uh, slow disconnect that happens with older movies when we're, like, younger, we'll say. Now, those of you out there that are younger. But even even me, because you absorb so much that's new, it's difficult. It's difficult to put yourself back to where, when you're watching something, You have to kind of imagine what it was like during the time. And this is a difficult feat. It's not exactly easy. So we get all of these awesome uh, science fiction tropes in this. The, The cool thing is the alien race are both male and female. So they die off and they give birth, which we do witness. And along the way, we're given a complete science fiction arc. Meaning uh, we see alien slave mines. We see an alien dogfight. We see an alien world. We see alien wildlife. We see an alien. We see alien technology. We see an alien culture and way of life. And we see space stations and and, and medic bays and observation towers. This is what makes this movie so so unique and so much fun, uh. There, and this is where it d- deserves a, a science fiction classification of its own because of what what we see. We see it all, and it's there, and it's there enough. Like GE, it's there good enough. Now during the day, this was thrilling. I remember my parents saying and talking about this movie. Like you, you this this was a movie you like, you had to go see, and the there was, like, um, somewhat of a conversation of this time about it being, like, a plot twist. I don't know, everyone. I love it. I love it so much. I can't uh, recommend this movie enough for all of you. And a little bit of, like, where we go with with, with the plot is Dennis Quaid are reformed, are reformed uh, murdering guy killed the enemy <laughs> soldier but our reformed soldier who learns to love the enemy cuz again that's a part of the story the son that that this creature has gets kidnapped and he it's like we go from like being rescued breaking away from the uh, space station going back to the alien world killing the slave drivers and then like you know flying off into the uh, you know into the uh, sea of stars and it, this is what I mean. There's few science fiction movies that add so much in a hundred and eight minutes. It, 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 like it, that's what makes this movie so much fun and so thrilling. And we want to talk about like how we classify science fiction movie. You know, um, calling something like Star Wars science fantasy. It's not, uh, not. Like, uncommon, you don't get a lot of pushback. But this is almost the tier of of science fiction movies. We, You know, like, we have 2001, and you got to put 2001 and 2002 together. Uh, It's really weird that people don't uh, smash those two movies together. But then we have The Matrix, and then it it could be this movie. And The Matrix is up there because, yes, it does deal with real science, real philosophy, real metaphysics. Like all of these things, okay, which makes The Matrix uh, equally enjoyable. But this movie has a human element. Uh, It it has a want. It has a longing. There's a desperation. You root for the characters. You root for these people to, to get owned, to get shot, to get killed. You know, slave drivers, I'm looking at you. But you, you hope that people come out on top. And Enemy Mind does it all with every single science fiction trope, every single science fiction visual you could jam into a movie at this era. Uh, I also would argue that um, the intelligence of the production, meaning uh, what we went through while making the movie, the time frame, uh, we're gonna have this. We're gonna have that. We're gonna show this off. It goes through these these tiers of just visual, okay? The visual tiers is what I'm talking about, and that along uh, amongst itself is amazingly impressive for a director to to nail because. You're you're shooting indoor. You're shooting outdoor. You're shooting on mats. You're shooting on delicate sets. You're you're shooting on limited sets. You're shooting actors doing big sequences in makeup. You're you're putting a child. Uh, let's not forget the child alien in this movie is is in full makeup on their lights all day. This it, the more you dig into this movie, the more it reveals itself. It's got to be the third. I mean, I, it's, it's the third greatest science fiction movie of all. It, it, it really is. A.K.A. sir I cannot recommend this movie enough. Enemy Mine, Wolfgang Peterson. Now, and this is a part of his golden, we'll call it the golden trilogy, which is Das Boot, Never Ending Story, and Enemy *Enemy Mine. And he goes back, he stumbles with Shattered, 1991. We talked about that, the neo-noir film war movie. Uh, It's still commendable in so many ways, but he, like, legit, outside of Shattered, um, his entire career is a perfect run. No one, uh, no no one has that. It's unbelievable. AKA Patters, we're going to wrap up for now. Wolfgang Peterson with episode 485. We're going to talk Poseidon, and I'm resisting doing a Poseidon deep dive because I'm so fascinated with that um, a lot of people forget, Poseidon, uh, a legit film franchise. Rocking and rolling, Peter A. DeLuca here, signing out. Don't forget to go to akapad.com, sign up for some free Wolfpack trading cards. I love you, folks. Goodbye.